Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings. Only at worldsoffun.com. Welcome back in to another edition of The Kickabout here on The Blue Room. I'm your host, Rob Vera. Joined this week by Les Roberts. And Les, you have the honor of being not only the guest of honor today, but the the only guest today. Uh, this is a... This is kind of a, I, I think I've always done this in threes. I don't know if it's sort of a, is it a blue room formula thing or like quorum is a minimum of three people except. Yeah. Because I feel like you can do two people, but it's like only when you and Matt do, um, you guys do the. Uh, what's the score on YouTube? What's the score? Yeah. I should know the names of all these things. I'm. My memory is total shit, so I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to do this with two today. Um, I don't know exactly how it came about. It's probably scheduling related or whatever. But at a certain point, I'm like, ah, Les and I are good friends. He and I have talked a bunch. We know how to form sentences with words. We can shoot the shit for an hour or so and, and make it work. So, Les, how are you doing today? I'm all good. I've, um, this is going to sound terrible, but I've just had a bath for the first time in months. Um, I do shower every day. I was going to say, yeah. please clarify that. <laughs> I afforded myself a look, the luxury of a bath today, and it was really nice. I did, um, I did the seven and a half kilometer run this morning. Ooh. I've taken up running, and that's the longest I've run since I did the half marathon about 10 years ago. Um, so my legs have been in bits all day. So yeah. I thought I'd treat myself to a nice, luxurious bath. Stayed in about 10 minutes. It was too hot. Got out. This is why I don't get a bath. It's too much. <laughs> So the bath was too hot or is it too hot outside to enjoy a bath right now? Just a bath. I, I always like, I like the idea of a bath. But then once it's run, it takes ages to run. And then once it's run, it's, it's just too hot when you get in. See, so for me. Spend 10 minutes and jump out. 
Yeah, see, my thing with baths are... Well, first of all, baths do feel very luxurious. And if you do it right, it should be. I mean, if you're going to go to all that trouble and and waste that much water, uh, then you might as well, uh, you know, you might as well make, uh, make it romantic for yourself. It's a, it's self care <laughs> if you will. But the only thing I, my issue with baths is almost the opposite in that you spend all that time running the water, you get in and I feel like, you know, and I like a nice warm bath, you know, I'm a, I'm a hot blooded Puerto Ricanio, as you know. Um, and I, I, it's hot. And then it seems like the water then just gets tepid really fast fast and then suddenly you're like i'm in lukewarm water and a pool of my own filth at this point and uh, it, you know the luxury part of it really lasts for you know a very short period of time there, there needs to be a way like and i'm sure they exist but i want i want to i want a bath situation where the bath water stays at a consistent i guess they call that a hot tub maybe maybe that's what i'm thinking of is an actual <laughs> some sort of tub that stays uh that stays uh the same temperature the whole time but um you know i want i want uh i want the bubbles if i can i want uh I mean, if I really want to get get hot with it, maybe some candles, maybe some maybe some jazz, See, you know. No, that that is luxury. Yeah, little yeah. champagne, you know. Treat myself, if you will. But yeah, hey, congrats on taking a bath, man. I, I'm, Thanks, I'm man. glad. I'm glad that you have been bathing regularly. Uh, yes. You know, I know you're English, so you guys only bathe like what once, twice a week, something like. That. I don't know all yeah, the cultural we're differences. Yeah, you know. clean our teeth once a fortnight. <laughs> Um, i'm i'm of course joking i like to i like to throw out completely uh you know slanderous barbs at my across the cultural divide just to to piss you guys off and mainly because i'm thousands of miles away and you guys can't get to me (laughs) easily but uh no uh, i've I've met you you're bigger than most of us so you know (laughs) no arguments from anyone yeah well i am I, i am a relatively big guy but it's one of those things where in the same vein that I say that I'm deceptively unathletic, uh, I am also just because I'm big doesn't mean that I'm I'm tough at all. Uh, but I, I try to persuade people that that I might be, and just hopefully avoid conflict uh, See, based on I that. I found that's the best <laughs> way to get out of a fight. Just sort of pretend that you're really up for it and you're really quite hard, and then most people don't want to know. Yeah, that's that's sort of my strategy because. One, I'm, you know, I'm tall and big enough. Two, I do, I have no science to back this up, but I do feel like being, having a large bald head somehow makes you look more, more, you know, menacing somehow. I don't really know that there's science to back this up, but I don't know. This is like one of those, one of those times where I feel like uh, being bald has a particular advantage. And then finally, I, 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 I think that I can do a good scowl. Like if I really wanted to just look mean and, and of course this is a, a brilliant segment to do for you guys as we are on, on, on an audio only medium here, but Les, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to try and do my scowl and see okay. if it works. Yeah. I'm not messing with that. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work on my wife at all though. It doesn't work on my <laughs> wife at all. She is not even remotely uh, afraid to say no to me about pretty much anything. It's amazing. Even with so. the scowl. Yeah, she just laughs. You know, when you know someone long enough, you know, you yeah. know, it's just all pretense. It's all just a bit. So it's know. an interesting point you make about the bald head as well. Because that yeah. does somehow look a little bit 
harder than a fellow. You're not going to be scared of a guy with a receding hairline, are you? You're not going to be yeah. bald than I. If someone's like really combing over and stuff, he's yeah. not half as menacing as someone who's just going. You know what? I don't care. It's gone. Well, and I, you know, I don't know that it's. I, <laughs> I'd love to say, well, I'm bald because I don't care. I mean, I, I'm just bald because I'm bald. <laughs> but um, I do, I do. Uh, you know, I just trimmed it yesterday. Uh, that is another advantage of being bald during these these crazy times is that I can, you know, maintain my own uh, hair look, if you will, uh, or lack of hair look, <laughs> if you will. But I, I think there's something about the idea that if you're if you're pretty much bald like like i now again you can see me like you guys have seen photos of me i have hair but it's very short and there's not much on top and all that but i do think that if you have a big bald head that it looks like you might be willing to use it as a blunt object or blunt force weapon of some kind and i will tell you uh as someone who's bumped his head a thousand times because i'm tall and you know i've just it just happens and i'm clumsy or whatever I hate getting my head hit and the idea of actually headbutting someone uh, like the only kind of headbutt I could probably get away with is the whatever the excuse for a headbutt that I think Richarlison got banned three matches for against Bournemouth. I feel like he just kind of like, you know, he grazed he grazed them with like a like almost just like a skin to skin sort of. uh, Yeah, like I don't think it was a really a headbutt. It was more of a caress than anything, really. Yeah. I'd like to be caressed in, in such a way um, <laughs> by a famous athlete just to have the story, I guess. But yeah, I'm not down for the headbutt. I, I just, I, I, it looks way too intimidating. So um, I, full disclosure, uh, just because we're all about transparency here on the kickabout. Um, I think today, and Les, you can tell me if you, if you're kind of on the same page or if you think that I'm, capturing the spirit of this thing right because i think um i think you have probably been on this show as a guest more frequently than anyone else especially since kate's not on today i think you definitely are passing her today um she's busy apparently (laughs) whatever what has she got to do whatever anyway uh but um i think you can attest to the idea that one of part of the origin story for this pod was that um at least my idea for it in that uh, Seinfeldy show about nothing sort of way was that uh, sometimes we would kind of come on here and not have anything to talk about and we would just see where it took us. And I think, I think that I have strayed from that mission at times just a bit. And I don't really apologize for that because I'm an American and we don't apologize for anything, anything. <laughs> but um, I do feel like... We have come on and and as you've seen, if you guys have heard lately, like we'll we'll have some topics around like, uh, you know, <laughs> we had a good chat last week with uh, Hannah and Mike about, you know, summer albums or we mm-hmm. uh, obviously there's some Everton news of the day that we probably need to get to. Oh, I just did it. I didn't Nine even min- take me that long. Nine, Nine minutes. minutes, 18 seconds. I was going to try and go the whole way. <laughs> All right. Only said it once. Let's try and keep it to that. Um but yeah, like I think I think that I've probably almost tried a little too hard, and and really, Les, I have not been trying very hard at this at all. I just want to be very clear, and yet I feel like maybe I've tried a little too much. But today, I feel like we're gonna get back really to the spirit of it because Les messaged me before the pod and was like, you know, what's on your mind today? Like, what do you what do you think we'll talk about? 
And I was like, you know, I really, I don't know. I don't really think I have anything, but I, I have faith that you and I will figure it out. And Les, I do think we'll figure it out. And um, I think that resulted in, I shared a, a funny tweet and then you you said something else about something. And then we were like, oh man, you know, these things will just kind of flow. You know, this is, this is what's going to happen. So um, yeah, like, so I, I should just kind of set the stage for you guys. Um, Les and I were talking before about the fact that one of the things I'm jealous of is that when we do this podcast, this particular podcast, especially, I feel like this is the sort of pod that should lend itself to people being under the influence of some kind, or at least getting there. You know, it's asked, we should all be aspirational, Les, of course. Um, but because of the time change, I'm generally doing this uh, on a weekday during my lunch break, whereas my guests are six hours ahead and are at that point drinking. And I'm always, I'm always very jealous. Yeah, yeah, very nice. And uh, I'm always, I'm always a little jealous of that. And uh, you know, I, Les suggested that uh, suggested at some point that we do like a late night version of this. Now, of course, a late night version would be. Uh, 6 p.m. maybe for me or 7 p.m. and them doing it like midnight or one. But, you know, I, I do think that at some point we should just uh, we should go full stream of consciousness, um, you know, under the influence somehow and maybe be a few beers in as opposed to maybe just starting the first one less. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine sort of 2 a.m. Saturday morning? So 7 p.m. Friday night, your time getting two other people involved who've been drinking since probably about maybe nine o'clock. Maybe yeah. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get some content out of that. Yeah, it'd be completely unplanned. See, this is this is what I like about coming on here because I I plan mailbag to the absolute nth degree. Oh sure, I get all the questions and sort of get a couple of responses that I'm gonna throw in myself just to make sure that it all sort of flows. I encourage people to sort of pre-prepare their answers because it's like you know no one wants to be this on the spot. Um, Yeah. So this is this is a nice break, and I, I honestly think that if you got people two AM Saturday morning to do kickabouts, it would it could go on for hours potentially. You could yeah, six hours worth of air. <laughs> yeah, I there is something about like a uh, uh, essentially like a kickabout sleepover that I do like the idea of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just we would just say, you know, fuck it, we're gonna go for two or three hours. I mean, just. I mean, it would probably make it would probably make the uh, the admins a little crazy, but I, I think even they're warming up to the idea. Like, like uh, I was on Subs Weekly uh, this week with, uh, so I guess someone had maybe dropped out or whatever, and Matt's like, "Hey, can you jump on?" I'm like, "Sure." And he's like, "It's going to be you and Dave." And I was just thinking to myself, "Now, Matt, you know what you're doing to yourself." And it ended up being like a, ni- a ninety minute subs weekly and usually those things are like an hour or less on the dot you know and but i i've I've always had this theory that that uh you know like the whole point of a podcast is that they should just be kind of free-flowing whatever discussions and they end when they end and and that's fine what i am thinking about in terms of like a, a late night uh like a late night version of this or a later night version of this is the idea of doing it also maybe on a weekend where you know we don't have to get up early the next day or anything like that because um and maybe that i think that's that's going to be a good idea because you don't want to you don't want to be thinking because that's the thing you do it on a weeknight and if you've got work the next day you're thinking about it even if you think you're not thinking about it you're always thinking about it so um but i've spent time with the blue room crew in person now multiple times uh in liverpool and uh i have seen 
uh, yeah, I'm not going to name names, but I will say that uh, <laughs> some of them that are a little more mild mannered uh, are quite different on the ale. If if, mm-hmm. if if I can borrow that that cultural expression from you, um, and I I've 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 seen them uh, dancing and sweating and uh, you know being just generally. Uh, both charming and profane all at once, and it is it is really a, a magical thing. And and I, I I was talking to um, you know Les and I are on a group a pretty large WhatsApp group chat, um, and I was I was mentioning before I've probably said this in the last few weeks, but I was mentioning that I'm sort of mourning the fact that this is going to be like I'm not going to be able to get over this year, man. Like I I think I'd almost sort of resolved at a certain point after I'd come over a couple times that, you know, I think I'm just going to make this an annual thing. I want to come see, I guess our mediocre football team do, do whatever they do. Uh, though my last couple trips have both been wins. So I can't really complain about that part, but, but look, the reason I'm into this thing is because of my friends. And it is sad that I can't come over, uh, this time to see you guys. Um, so I feel like the closest thing that I can do is sort of recreate that magic, at least to some varying degree by, uh, us, us all really getting together. And and, and the thing is, is I, we've done this on zoom a little bit with the, the trivias, you know, and mm-hmm. like the trip, the quizzes. Cause Boy, if there's something I've I've learned about you people, it's that you love your boxing, uh, you love your quizzes, uh, your pub quizzes especially, but but quizzes in general, and um, and you love your um, your oh my god, what is the yeah you love your Alan Partridge memes like like you know when when they joke here in America about you know. God, guns, and freedom, or whatever. Like, I feel like Alan Partridge memes are are like a staple that's probably written <laughs> in the mag. It's probably in the Magna Carta somewhere, and I'm just not aware of it. But I feel like you guys like, and I've never really watched any Alan Partridge, so I still don't really. I, I need to at some point watch it just to gain a better understanding of you guys. But I feel like I, I want some of that tomfoolery. I want some of that magic. And the closest I'm going to get to it this year is us just getting hammered and getting on one of these calls and just talking and seeing where it goes um, and hoping we don't say anything that will get us in too much trouble. <laughs> well, you know, you can always edit it out. If you can be bothered. Um, yeah, I, I think... Yeah. I think don't it, tell them that. Les, you're not supposed to tell anyone that we oh, do any man, of that because, I've broken the, because I've broken that the ruins wall. the magic. Yeah, you're breaking the yeah. fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, no, this, this is not edited at all in the slightest. It probably won't be. It's very rare. I think you just. I think when me and Kate were on one time, you, you edited out the scoring system. Uh, <laughs> well, let's that, not talk uh, about that. Let's. That was perfectly <laughs> understandable. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think if we ever do get back to going the game, I, I think a sort of late night kickabout is perfectly set up if everyone's been at Rigby's beforehand. Because you've yeah. seen, you've seen what happens at Rigby's. Um, people lose it big time. It's, yeah. You, you know, they, they get on the pints of Australia or whatever, and it just sort of you make that leap from from sort of daytime match going drinker into nighttime drinker, and there's no coming back. Yeah, I think, I think after that, but you know, we might not be getting back to the game for who knows how long. You know, it could, yeah. be, it could be next year. So I am definitely all for a Saturday night and yeah. um, I, I kick about sleepover. 
Let's make it. Let's make it happen. Um, yeah. it may, and, and I don't want it to like. We want there to be some halfway decent uh, audio content on this, so we can't have like eight of us on there. I think we could do like uh, you know four of us maybe. Uh, we have to kind of limit it to a degree to, to you know, or else we're just going to be drunkenly talking over one another in, in a completely <laughs> uh, useless fashion, uh, which we kind of you know we we do enough of that as it is. But um, yeah, I. Yeah, I, so that's that's what I want to do. So I guess the broader point in all of this, guys, is I miss you all. I miss I, I it's when you go to a city that you actually have an affection for enough times. And I've now been over three times. Um, I actually think you could drop me in, you know, along the docker in the city center and I could kind of find my way around to the basic things. I'm not, I'm not claiming to be an expert or whatever, but I could get to ship and miter. I could get to Rigby's without a, you know, GPS or anything like that. I could, I could, uh, you know, I probably could meander my way over to salt dog slims, uh, if I needed to as See, well. That's all the knowledge you need about living. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've, I've lived here my entire life. And I don't know anywhere outside the city centre. I don't even know what the places are called. There's 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 places called there's a place called Naughty Ash, which I don't think exists. Because <laughs> made up there's a place called Dingle, the same. Um there's just loads of loads of places I don't know exist because I've sort of stayed in Wirral and just sort of kept like kept myself to myself over there. Gone as far as the city centre, out to Walton, where Everton is, and that's it. I, you don't need any more of town. If you don't live there, you only need those few places you've mentioned. That's it. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. We've talked about this. So if you're listening to this right now, um, I, I would like to do that that modern thing that people do now on these things and ask for your, quote, feedback on Twitter, your social media interaction. But, you know, the one part of, of the experience that I've yet to fully uh, ingratiate myself into is the uh, the, you know, the wool experience, if you will, oh, yeah. you know, like getting onto the, you know, going to the other side of, <laughs> of, uh, of the Mersey and, 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 and actually enjoying all the, all the cultural magic there is on offer, um, which I know that Mosey especially, uh, is very adamant that he wants me to come in and experience all of that with them. So let's, I'm, I'm going to ask you, what is it over there that I absolutely must do or must see um, to kind of complete my my overall Merseyside experience? So it'll start off on a bit of a cliche, right? So get the ferry from the pier head. I've done, now I've done the ferry. I have done the right. ferry, but yeah. I mean, I don't really count. I count that like I don't really count that as being over there just because I didn't go do anything else but be on the ferry. It's sort of like if you, you know, like I one time I, I connected it at the Las Vegas airport, but I don't really count that as going to Las yeah. Vegas, if that makes sense. But but go ahead. Go ahead. Although, ferry, actually, is, no. ferry is awesome, by the way. I love yeah. I love the ferry. It's a beautiful, beautiful, windy ride. Actually, forget the ferry then. What we'll do is <laughs> there's a bus, the number 437, which starts off in Liverpool. And it goes right through Birkenhead and it goes basically right through every bit of Wirral that sort of changes on the way. So, you know, um, it's a bit like, you know, in GTA when you're down at the docks, mm-hmm. you drive up into the hills and you go through all the fancy houses. But it's like it's like a journey sort of through um, sort of mediocre houses to nice houses to like outstanding houses. It's a bit like that, the 437 route. So it starts off in Birkenhead, which is, you know, I'm from there. I can say it's a bit rough. And then, but there's a lot of pubs on the way. So you can basically get a pass for this bus, get off at each pub, get back on the bus when it comes, go to the next stop, get off. Mm. 
getting another pub. Do the four three seven pub crawl. You end okay. up maybe, which is one of the nicest places on Will. It, it's full of rugby loving copites. <laughs> but it does have some good bars and it's got a really amazing beach there. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, okay. I think the four three seven yeah, route see, so gives you a good view of Will and its pubs. Okay. Yeah, so those are that kind of brings up something too that I I have done a lot of the kind of exploring, you know, exploring the city and going to some of the pubs, uh, and I definitely want to go to the pubs in the Wirral for sure, but I realize I haven't really done any of the like I haven't really done the beach at all. Granted, it's time of year and stuff. Of course, I was there last time I was there. It was in. August. August, yeah. I mean, that would have been as good a time as any short season, as as Diasha likes to say. Um, but yeah, I want to go. <laughs> like, I want to. I want to go. I, I want to go experience some of that. You know, maybe explore some of the neighborhoods a little bit more. Um, and just, I mean, one of the things that I really enjoy about being others, you walk everywhere, and I and I feel like I get way more exercise there. I live in a part of the world where everyone drives most places uh you know and i do my fair share of walking but you know nothing like i do when i'm over there and i, I just feel like there's there's definitely more for me to see um than than what i've already seen so um you know i mean because there's museums and there's all that cultural stuff i think is cool and uh but i also just want to go to some different neighborhoods and see what that's all about as well yeah the beach is a race and you you well, also said before uh-oh. Les. Les. Oh, there oh, he is. There he is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, I'll just send, I'll just send <laughs> the camera That's all right, Les. You were cutting out there for just a bit. Yeah, yeah. My internet yeah, connection is the worst thing in the world. Uh, you sent me that tweet. It's a legendary. Your internet connection is legendarily bad, but that's that's okay. We're going to fight through it. We're going to power through. Yeah. You sent, you sent me that tweet before from your local ice cream parlor. Uh, look, burger joints. Which said, breaking news, all of our ice creams have tested positive for deliciousness. <laughs> there's a place, there's a place here um, that basically people travel to from far and wide. And it's not an easy place to get to, um, just solely for the ice creams. Yeah. Could be, that could be something to put on the list. Okay, so let's let's pause and go back for just really quickly, because uh, I want to add some context to this thing that we that you were just talking about um, yeah and because i can tell i can tell by the sound uh, that you're making that you're kind of moving around trying to find the the one kind of oasis spot in your place that has decent wi-fi which i appreciate the uh, i appreciate the hustle les I really i'm hoping i've hit it i think I, I think i have <laughs> <laughs> this is why I always this is why I always record like right next to my router uh, just to hopefully you know give myself a chance. But um, okay, so <laughs> so obviously, look, we're we're in the midst of whatever fresh hell this this is in the pandemic age that we live in. Uh, but I uh, what I found uh, at times funny is sort of the lighthearted um, and oftentimes kind of weird. Uh, social media bits that these kind of faceless uh, corporations and businesses sometimes have. Like, I, I think I've seen enough times where is it like Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pizza Hut over there just start fighting on Twitter about mm -hmm. random crap. Like, I mean, you know, why not? We're all bored. Um, so over here in Oklahoma, um, before right before we hit record, 
um, our our governor just announced that he has tested positive for COVID. Uh, right. He is the first <laughs> governor in the United States. I mean, I, you, hopefully you can hear my voice swelling with pride here. But uh, he is he is uh, a Republican governor who has refused to consider issuing any sort of mask mandate. There are no mask mandates in the land of freedom, Les. Uh, it's about personal responsibility. And... Uh, you know, he got COVID, which, uh, and again, I get the whole science that the mask is meant to protect others and not yourself, but he sets a poor example and now he's got it and it's karma and it's whatever. I'm not wishing death upon him or anything like that. He'll probably be fine. Uh, but saying all of that, um, one of the state's uh, foremost ice cream slash burger uh, institutions over here called Brahms uh, on their social media, and, I, and I, I don't even know if this is still up or not, but they put they they lashed out a tweet that said, breaking news, all of our ice creams have tested positive for deliciousness. <laughs> and, and of course, the replies to this are a lot of, you know, as you can imagine, oh, come on, how could you say that right now? It's not funny and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's... It's probably in poor taste, but it does. But poor taste doesn't mean it's not a little bit funny, Les. So uh, that's <laughs> I don't know why, but it's funny when nameless, faceless companies like this just decide to to lean into the edgy humor. Uh, but it got us talking about ice cream, and you were telling me that there is a place over there. I feel like someone mentioned this place to me before, Les, that has this kick-ass ice cream that people mm-hmm. come far and wide to uh to sample so tell me about this place and tell me why i should care because it's because i i want to get onto a bigger th- bigger question of you know what are what are the foods that we're actually willing to to you know to use your phraseology to queue up for to line up for to stand stand in a long line and wait for like what i i i feel like is I love food. Food is delicious, but there's a limit to how much time mm-hmm. I am willing to wait for any food. So tell me what is it, what it is about this ice cream place that is so special. And now, to be fair, I don't really get the fuss because I never go out there because it's a pain in the ass to park and you queue. Right. You just got ice creams. And I is it because it's ice cream or is it because you don't get the fuss because you've had it and it's like, oh, it's fine. It, yeah. It, you know, it's nice. You know, yeah. it's itself is nice. There's a few nice bars and a few nice coffee shops. It's all right. It's a nice place. But it just gets really busy and people do travel. It's called Parkgate. Um, I think it's just outside of Wirral. Um, but people travel from far and wide to get the ice creams. They do, you know, all the usual flavours, maybe a couple of not particularly off-the-wall flavours, but different flavours. And people seem to really go mad for it. But, you know, I would happily drive you out there just so you could see it. You can you can tick it off your bucket list because it's probably on there. Um, you know, when it's done then, isn't it? So is this one of those ice cream places like when we were growing up here and I don't think this play this this chain is even open anymore here but it was called Marble Slab and what it literally was was ice cream that they would get but then they would actually take the scoop or scoops and put it onto a marble slab and they would put 
if you wanted to mix toppings in and all this stuff, they, you know, they would do it. And then they would take the little scoop and just kind of like, you know, it's almost like going to a hibachi grill only it's for ice cream or whatever. And they kind of like do it all together on the marble slab and, and you would pay at least three times the normal rate for this ice cream. It's, and and I was like, what well, I don't get what I don't get what the marble itself, the slab, if you will, has done to enhance this ice cream uh, that much. Uh, there's, no, but, there's no performance or premium at Parkgate. It's it's really someone behind the counter slapping one or two scoops onto a cone. That's it. Are ice cream places kind of a rarity over there? Is that why? Yeah, there's been a bit of a there's been a bit of a boom in sort of dessert bars. Um, <laughs> dessert bars. That's so 2020. Reason. I love. Yeah, it. I know. Uh, Tapas, dessert bars. Yeah, sure. yeah. There's been quite a lot of them popping up here and there. But yeah, there's not really. We don't really have ice cream parlors at all. Hmm. It's, it's sort of yeah. something you get from maybe the news agents from the chest freezer they've got there. Uh, yeah. Or the ice cream man, obviously. Well, that, that actually brings up an interesting question because I'm endlessly fascinated, as anyone who's been listening to this for any amount of time would know, I'm endlessly fascinated by the little differences between the United States and, and England, but particularly Liverpool because, as we all know, uh, Scouse, not English, uh, you know, TM, uh, whatever. Uh, but, um, one of the things I'm curious about is, you know, you bring, you bring up this idea of a dessert bar or there not being that many ice cream parlors. Um, so maybe it's a two part question. One, do you feel like there should be more ice cream parlors? But the bigger question is, is there a type of food that you wish was more readily available or that there were more quote unquote, like restaurants or places for that you don't have over there? Like, it's hard for me to think of one here because here we are just full of specialty shops because people can start any kind of weird business they want over here. And it's, I guess what makes America great, but it's also why we have like a ton of weird you know, businesses that fail constantly because you know, some ideas, some ideas are bad ideas, but so start with the ice cream thing first. Are there enough ice cream places? Like, you, you don't seem to care that much. Do you think that there are enough ice cream places for the demand over there? I think so. I think, I think most people are getting their ice cream from the ice cream man. So the ice cream comes to you rather than you go to it. Oh, like an ice cream truck or whatever? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we have that too. So, yeah. yeah, which, which well, obviously... Go ahead. I was just going to say, ice cream is also big here because, or especially in my part of the country, because it's way hotter here than it is uh, over there. Um, so I, I think that people just gravitate towards, we, we're big on ice cream and we're big on snow cones here. I don't know if snow cones, snow cones are a thing over there That's or snow not. snow cone? <gasps> oh my God. What, first of all... <laughs> First of all, we have the title for the episode. What's a snow cone? Um, you know what? A snow cone, maybe you guys have it and you're just, I find this is true all the time, is I say something like that and at first I think, oh, they don't have that over there. But you just have it under a different name. Uh, a snow cone is like shaved ice with the flavoring put on top of it and you kind of eat the shaved ice like, like know, a treat. Yeah, we no? don't really have that, no? Wow. Sorry, what? yeah, it's probably called slush. A slush. Now, is a slush a something cup? you use? A, yeah, it's in a cup with a straw, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is... No, I'm talking about something with a spoon. Okay. It's actually with a spoon. Oh, my God. Man, I learn something new every day. I, I This will never get old to me. See, like, but you... sorts you, of but things. Don't take my word for it. I'm in Wirral. I could be 20 years behind everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably loads of snow cone bars open. There. 
I don't know about them. Oh, that I love. I love the idea that you guys are in some sort of time warp that is only the width of of the Mersey. Uh, is that <laughs> that tunnel? You go through that tunnel. It's a, it is. It definitely and it's, time zone. And it's like the '90s over there, or something like that. That'd be so awesome if I could just do that. Um, no, so snow cones are a big thing here. Ice cream. So snow cones, shaved ice, uh, you, all kinds of flavorings. Sometimes it's you know rainbow-like colors, uh, like it's blue, it's red, it's green, it's uh, pineapple. You know, and those can be like pineapple and strawberry and lemon or whatever. And really. The, it's a pretty good bit if you can do it as as far as being a business owner because think about how cheap it is literally to manufacture ice, yeah, shaved ice. Now, granted, it's shaved ice, much more you know pliable, luxurious, smooth ice. It's not like just you know chips of cubes of ice, but it is something that let's be honest doesn't cost a lot to to you know continue to produce, and you're really just buying flavorings or whatever, but. Yeah, anything that it, that we can eat or consume to quote beat the heat over here, especially this time of year when it's over a hundred degrees, which I think is uh, in Celsius terms over forty degrees uh, there. I mean, uh, that's that's what we're all about. Okay, so second part of my question, Les. just one last thing on that. Oh, okay, yeah, go on ahead. the snow cone thing. There is a, a kids' toy over here which I had when I was when I was about five called Mister Frosty. Okay. Which is basically this snow cone sort of experience. So you put ice cubes in and you crush it in Mr. Frosty and it comes out as crushed ice or like mm. eaved ice maybe that you add a flavour into. But it goes no further than a kid's toy. It's it's like huh. it's like everyone grows out of it for some reason. We could have a whole generation of kids who've grown up on snow cones and could be snow cone entrepreneurs in this country, but it's drummed out of you by the time you reach the age of ten. It's like wow. Frosty. That's yeah, you'll you know, Les, you'll appreciate this uh, as as someone who is a, a youth football coach, because what you've just described is essentially football over here in America. Um, <laughs> it is the most popular. Uh, it is the most popular sport for children under the age of 10. And then after that, they're like, OK, now it's time to play American football, baseball, basketball, any anything else. And that's why our, our national team is always complete crap most of the time. Though we, we've got a few good players here and there every once in a while. Yeah. You know, give me, give me that Pulisic kid. Um, he'll, he would know what a snow cone is, even growing up in Pennsylvania. But, but yeah, <laughs> but I digress. Uh, that's so weird that. It's like you you have it and it doesn't catch on and no one says, hey, we should have this for adults. Like over here, not only do we have snow cones, we have alcoholic snow cones where they pour in the flavoring plus like, you know, bourbon or whiskey or just, you know, rum on top of it. And if there is a if there is a childlike way to do adult like drunkenness, we found a way here. Uh, We have we have alcoholic ice like milkshakes. We have I mean. Look, it's like it's like bacon over here. If you can put bacon <laughs> on something or wrap bacon around something, we'll eat it. If you can put alcohol into almost anything, um, and that the the newer trend here, of course, is like, can you create any sort of food that has marijuana infused into it? Yes, uh, and we find a way. So, uh, man, I'm now I feel that that entrepreneurial spirit part of me is sort of like you know, if my job goes belly up at some point, I am going to be the guy that brings snow cones, uh, to snow cones to to the north to the northern England. Like I think this would be, I you know, like they would write an article about. So you'll never you'll never believe this, but random you know. 
Puerto Rican by way of Texas and Oklahoma guy moves <laughs> to Liverpool to start snelling, selling snow cones. And I feel like I, I could at least get, you know, a story or a few clicks out of that online for sure. Easy. Snow cone truck. That'll be the way to do it. Snow- we'll have to think of a... Yeah. We'll have to think of a, a good name for it, for it, like the cone about or something like that. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's, okay, no co- so, there's no cones like snow cones. Yeah, look, there's, you know, there's going to be some way, like, or I could come up with some, you know, I don't know. I, I'm i going to workshop that. That sounds like a topic uh, for our, our kick about sleepover when yeah, I'm, I'm under the yeah. influence <laughs> and when I'm truly, truly at my creative zenith. So, okay. So second part of the question, Les, um, again, I'm asking someone who, you know, I know that you guys have a, a, a very different f- food palette to, to, to me. And, and that's always part of the, the fun and that's what's driving conversation. But what is the type of food? And, and by the way, I hate to put you on the mailbag spot, you know, a spot here, because I know that, like you said, you got to think of the, when you have mailbag, you think, and you're right. Cause I hate, like, I need to prepare for those questions, but I feel like this is more general. Yeah. Is there a type of food that you wish was more readily available there and maybe you're not even aware of it until you go to other places but i but in general you know you've lived you've lived a you know you you and i are about the same age les like what what uh what food do you wish was more readily available there that is not right this might surprise you but it's okay a salt beef or pastrami bagel with mustard and chickens <laughs> That's so that's so specific. <laughs> it's like, I, I was thinking you'd be like, I wish there was more Italian food over here. I oh, wish no, there was no. More. We're, see, we're, see we're good for all that. We're good for Italian food, Chinese food, um, American food, pretty much sure. food, but we're very underserved for that specific type of bagel. So we thought of... I thought about it as soon as you said, so there used to be a bagel shop. Um, Is this a popular type of bagel, by the way, that you just described? Um, no, no, that's the problem. It should be. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, fair. Yeah, it's a good point. So, so yeah, I think it, like in America, you've, you've got the, the, the pastrami or the salt beef on the rye bread, the gherkins and the mustard. That's like a sort of over here, you can get it as an expensive sandwich as a New Yorker or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. But there's a couple of places that I've been to that have, have just done a bagel with salt beef and mustard and gherkins. And it's, it's the best thing I've ever had. It's wow. one. It's one thing, right? So since lockdown, I've not been going to London with work. And one thing I miss from going to London because there's a there's a shop down by where I stay when I'm down there that sells this as like a specialty. It's just a tiny little sort of shop at the end of a street, dead nondescript. It's not something people go miles to get, like the ice creams in Parkgate. Um, but it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So I would say I would like I'd like more of that. Okay. So is in some cook- ways though, you're describing like a bagel, like you want a bagel shop, bagel sandwich shop, like more of those options there. Yeah. I would think that bagels would be like a big thing over there. Cause bagels are even in like, now granted, if you meet people here, they will tell you that if, you know, like really up, you know, uppity New Yorker types who are like, Oh, there's no bagel outside of New York. That's worth a damn or whatever. Fine. But there are still bagel shops 
mm. like big chain bagel shops all over where you can get everything from like there's a place, of course, ironically called New York Bagel uh, a few <laughs> blocks from my house where you can go and just get a plain bagel with butter on it all the way to a bagel sandwich with basically everything you've just described. You want to get pastrami and mustard and cheese and, you know, all that stuff. It's 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 right there. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not really taken off the whole sort of takeaway bagel thing. Yeah, bagels in the supermarket. Ironically, the New York Bagel Company. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, kind of like the main bagels you can get. Um, yeah, it's, it's not really, you know, if you go to like sandwich shops, you don't really do bagels. McDonald's yeah. bagel. Um, but yeah, it, it's quite hard to come by. Yeah. It, it's a very underused bread type in this country. It's because bagels don't last, like bagels don't last. Like when you make a bagel... It's good for basically that day and you could maybe stretch it into a second day. But even at bagel shops here, it's like, oh, there are day old bagels for like a discounted price. But whereas, uh, you know, like if you go to McDonald's, of course, that's the other thing I'd love to compare is what the McDonald's breakfast menu looks like over there compared to here. Mm -hmm. uh, do you guys have like the egg McMuffin and all that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's on what we call an English muffin. What do you guys even call that? It's called an English, it, well, it's called a muffin. Yeah, but... A, Just a muffin. muffin <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, because, no, we, yeah, okay. <laughs> because we obviously have the sweet muffins with like blueberry or chocolate in them. Sure. Yeah, we get that. It probably is an English muffin if you have to specify, I reckon. Yeah, I think bre breakfast is a big thing here and... No one does breakfast are, like Americans. No one. Uh, man, we love breakfast. Yeah. I, man, it might be my favorite, like before all this, uh, my wife and I would look forward to every Saturday morning and getting up and going to our favorite, what we would call a greasy spoon place, you know, like an old diner type yeah. place that's near our place where, you know, you get the, you, you get the, the, the eggs, however you want it with, uh, you know, home fried potatoes and, you know, bacon and pancakes if you want, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, Biscuits well, and gravy is a big thing. Here, see, that, you know, that's like, the mad thing over here. Biscuits yeah. and gravy. Do you guys have biscuits and gravy? No, really? no, we don't. We don't understand American biscuits and gravy. They're like, oh man, aren't they? The biscuits. Yeah, but scone. Okay, the scone thing is interesting because I get what you're saying because I know what a scone is and I know it. They they kind of look very similar, but a a biscuit here may look a little like a scone, but it doesn't. The consistency is really not the same okay. because the biscuits here are generally, of course, uh, you never want a biscuit that is not served. Uh, heated up and warm. Otherwise, it's just, it, it's like hard as a rock and you could throw it and put a hole in your wall kind of a thing. So a biscuit here, what we call biscuit, oh God, I, I love going down this rabbit <laughs> hole, but what we call a biscuit here. It's a uh, well-trodden path. For those of you listening, look Google American biscuit, okay? They look like scones on from a picture standpoint, but they're much softer. They're they're kind of a little bit crisp on the outside and just deliciously soft on the inside. Um, you know, in in a it, almost not quite the same way, but in a um what oh geez, what the um the, what was the bre the pastry over there that I went apeshit for that I'm just totally blanking on right now? The breakfast that you toast and you, uh, uh it's the most English sounding word ever. I can't think. <laughs> you the what the the little the little bread pastry thing that has like the little holes in it where the butter the butter kind of seeps. Oh, crumpets! 
Crumpets, yes. It's got kind of that, you know how crumpets are when you toast them. They're a little crunchy on the outside, but they're kind of soft. On yeah, yeah, yeah. Biscuits are kind of like that too. Okay. But what's cool about biscuits is that they're very versatile. Like, And that's probably a big difference too is because you won't have those on your breakfast menu there. Whereas in McDonald's here, you have the breakfast sandwiches served on either the English muffins or the biscuits. Okay. And what they do is they cut the biscuit in half, put the egg and the you know sausage or the ham or whatever on there. I'm telling you, man, it is... Is awesome and yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna convert you guys at some point on like i'm just i'm already thinking to myself will will the security apparatus here in america and or the customs operation over at the manchester airport allow me to bring our biscuits over there uh like like can i find a way to do it? i just don't know that they're, they're not they're they're perishable so i just don't think there's a way but i don't think they sell i wonder if there's like a shop because you guys have all those import shops i bet i could get an american biscuit there if i really tried it would cost a lot of money though a box, a box of American Fruit Loops cost ten pounds. Are you fuck? Are you serious? Ten? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for Fruit Honestly, Loops. Wow. Yeah, because because British Fruit Loops are rubbish. Yeah, it's yeah. all the coloring, all the artificial stuff. Oh, the good stuff you mean? Yeah, yes. basically you left. You know the way American Fruit Loops are basically luminous, aren't they? So the blue is like luminous blue. The green, yeah. it's you know they basically glow in your bowl. Over here, they just like. Just look like a dirty, washed out sort of mm, nothingness. So, well, if American if American Fruit Loops are like a summer's day, this is like the end of autumn for a bowl of British Fruit Loops. That oh, the rubbish. It tastes no, awful. So, so I, I do pay a premium. Every okay. See, that's an idea too. Now, granted, it would be yeah. too expensive to probably operate, but like, uh, there are some places over here that are just like cereal bars, like places where you go and you can just get bowls of cereal or well, oatmeal or whatever. Yeah. One opened in London famously and it's just closed down. Yeah. It's too niche. Actually, yeah. Yeah. It's too niche. And over here, it, it would have a hard time because cereal is so cheap here. Like, uh, you know, I could get a big, box of fruit loops for you know four dollars which oh, would be like two and a half pounds like you know which would be me. more like a a 20 pound box over there probably <laughs> i'm talking i'm talking like the family we have a we have a concept here called family size which is just a nice way of us saying the really big box you know um whereas if we're talking about candy like i know halloween is not as big a deal there but um when they sell ha halloween candy they sometimes sell it in what's called fun size. Now, for me, I would think fun would be a gigantic candy bar, but fun size actually means miniature. But yeah, it's we get to better. Say. It's easier to say fun than miniature for some reason. But no, see, okay, so you've 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 stumbled onto something here with the whole bagel sandwich thing that just like. I'm constantly like in the same way that sometimes you'll daydream about. What would happen if I won the lottery? What would I buy? What would I buy for my family and my friends, right? In a semi-similar vein, I constantly think about the fact that I've been over there three times. And of course, none of you have yet to be able to, you know, to come over here. And, and, and obviously, you know, like Matt's been to New York and Toronto. I think Patty has too. And, you know, that that's fine. I Though I think that it's sort of like if you would say to someone... 
that if they go to London, that that's not exactly representative of going to England. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. it's a very, not that London doesn't have a lot of quote English culture to it, but you, you're still getting a very incomplete picture of England. I, America, of course, being as gigantic and diverse as it is, if you go to New York, I mean, don't get me wrong. New York's awesome. My, my half, my family is my, is from Brooklyn originally. Like we're, you know, I no problem with New York, but I would not say that New York is, I still think you're missing out on a ton of the picture of what America is like if you've only ever been to like Vegas or Los Angeles or New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say Vegas just because a lot of, I know a lot of English people have been to Vegas. Like Dave's been to Vegas, I think, a couple of times. Yeah, but, I've driven but, from San Francisco to Vegas. Okay. So, yeah, unless so you've been to California, you've been in Nevada. Have you been all over the country or you just been to? Um, been to Chicago and Hawaii. Wow. Hey, that's not bad. Florida as a kid. Wow. Okay, as a kid. So it's I've been a while. I've seen quite a bit, but yeah. Okay, so you've seen Long more of time. that than than I than I have really of England because I my my exposure to England so far has really been London, Liverpool, and Manchester, and even Manchester was really like a day trip there. But anyway, to my, be fair, my that, point that, is, I think they're the three best bits. If I'm honest, because yeah. Well, but I, you know, I will say that when I've gotten on the train from London to Liverpool on one of my trips that I just stared out the window and thought, I'd love to just stop one of these random places and just, you know, <laughs> tool around for a bit. Though I'm sure it'd be underwhelming. But anyway, my, my point was, is that in the same way that I think about, you know, what would I do with a bunch of money? I always think if I could get Les and Matt and Mark and, you know, an, Mike, an assortment of you guys over here, I don't want to leave anyone out, but you know who you are. Um, <laughs> breakfast is the thing. Bre- American breakfast, and especially Southern American breakfast, is the thing that I most want to introduce to you. Okay, now I don't want to relitigate the whole bacon thing again. I just feel like that's just gonna that's like the the, the Israelis and the Palestinians. I'm not going to get into <laughs> that, but I will say that whether it's the way we do waffles or biscuits or gravy and, and just all the crazy stuff. Like it is, it is quite a spectacle here. And I just, that, you know, it's, it's the same thing of it's, I don't even know what to compare it to, but it's just something that's very uniquely American in terms of how we emphasize it and everything. So, okay. I want to shift a little bit though. Speaking of eating too much food, because now I'm already getting hungry for lunch and I'm already realizing how much my quote COVID bod is disappointing (laughs) to me, uh, right now. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, Les, and I did want to bring this up because you had mentioned that, um, the gyms were about to reopen there. Um, they've reopened where I live for a bit with a lot of restrictions. Mm -hmm. Um, despite the fact that we're going through another big spiker surge, don't worry about that. We're we'll (laughs) don't worry about (laughs) us. Uh, We we've never let science or logic get in the way of us making decisions. So we're not going to start now. Uh, but, um, they've, they've opened gyms back up and I was going to ask how you feel about it because I, before all this started, I had gotten into a really nice rhythm of getting up early in the morning and working out uh, at the gym because I find that, you know, I'm not any kind of workout freak. Obviously, if you've ever met me, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to hang in there. That's my goal <laughs> physically. It's just don't, don't get, don't get too fat, uh, have good blood pressure and just kind of, you know, 
if I can make it into my 80s, I'd be thrilled. Okay, like that's my goal. I don't need to have abs. I mean, I'm in, I'm in my 40s. Abs are abs are fiction. They're not real. <laughs> only like only Hugh, Hugh Jackman has the trademark on abs over 40. So you know, just I, I'm I'm over that. Um, but um, I do try to take decent care of myself. And so it was a real bummer when all this started because the gyms closed. So they started opening back up again, and the way they've done it here is that. Um, they do temperature checks and you wear a mask when you first come in. Um, they, they're not going to, you know, they encourage you to keep the mask on if you can, but it is not easy. I will say I've tried it. It's getting on an elliptical machine or a treadmill and trying to keep that mask on. It's hard. Yeah, I can imagine. But what they've done is they have limited the capacity and every other machine is shut down. So everyone ha is kind of in, in this enforced social distance. Now, how much that matters in a place that's still indoors, I don't know the answer to because I think the science is still developing. But I have been back since they reopened about a month ago. I've started going back, though, last week when the numbers started to spike again, I kind of took a week off and was just like, Ugh. because I'm I don't think I'm a hypochondriac or anything, but I have a I think I have a healthy fear of this of this virus. Right. Um, I went. So I went again a couple days ago. Uh, Today's uh, Wednesday. I went on Monday. But the whole time I was there, I have to admit, I was on the elliptical. I was doing my workout and I went and lifted some weights. I, but I was thinking about it, Les. Like that's yeah. the thing is these all these places that, that everyone wants to open again. There are some people who I almost envy for how little they seem to give a shit about the risks involved. And they're just like, oh, I can't. The, the pub's open again. Great. I'm going to go. Whereas me, I am so getting in, I so get into my head about it. I, 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 as I've talked about, I suffer from anxiety. And so sometimes I, I can go down a rabbit hole, but I, you know, even Monday I was in there and I did my workout, but man, I was thinking about it the whole time. And I'm every time I go back for a while until the vaccine's out or whatever, I'm going to be thinking about it. So what, what is your feeling, Les? Like, I know you're kind of looking forward to the gym being back open, but is it a case of, hey, it's open, but I'm, I'm a little hesitant? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'll be the same, I think. I think when you go to the gym, it's, you can't really have anything else on your mind or you go there to get rid of everything else on your mind. So as you say, when you're on that elliptical, basically the sole thing on your mind should be like, right, I'm going to get through this workout now and nothing else matters. So if you yeah. have something constantly playing on the back of your mind, it, it, it takes something away from it because you can't really escape. Um, I stopped going probably about two or three weeks before the gym's actually closed mm -hmm. for the reason I thought, if there's a place that you're going to catch it, it's a gym because it's pretty disgusting when you think about it. <laughs> the, the, the amount of flu is knocking about and everything is just pretty. Well, they say that it's not like, so again, when I say they say, it's all based on the knowledge that experts who've been dealing with this virus for an entire five months even know about. But yeah. the 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 kind of conventional wisdom is that you can't really spread it through, It's you don't sweat, uh, spread it through sweat at all. But to your point, when you're on an elliptical or in a treadmill, you're breathing heavily mm -hmm. and it, that just clout. You've seen those like those animations of people breathing without the masks. Right? Yeah. Like now all I can think about when I go in is just <laughs> the clout like this guy is on his treadmill 
uh, 12 feet from me, but all I'm seeing is the cloud of, of his COVID <laughs> just coming straight at me like a hurricane. And, and that's, see, I'm already indulging in my anxiety and I gotta, I gotta be careful about that. But I see, that's the thing is like how everything is a risk, isn't it? Like yeah. there's no, you can't, once you've decided to go back and do anything again, you're kind of accepting that, look, there's no way to totally completely eliminate risk. You can only sort of semi mitigate it. Yeah, I, I think I think anyone who's grown up on zombie films as well probably feels <laughs> a bit more acutely than people who haven't because it's yeah it's so it, it's quite tangible, isn't it? Because you see in a, in a zombie film, you just see people completely change, and you think, well, it's not quite that dramatic, but it, it can be in a way. If you get this, like you could be done for. And I think yeah. it's really really underplayed in both our countries. To be honest, so I, I am very much of the mindset that I, I can't wait for the gyms to reopen because it's really sort of knocked my routine. As you say, you get yourself into a nice routine where you're keeping things ticking over nicely. It breaks up your day or it starts up your day, whatever. And I've kind of fallen out of that routine. I've started getting up early and running a bit more and um, doing yoga. It's not quite the same. So I can't wait sure. for it to open again. But I think I'll, I'll probably be a bit hesitant to go back especially because the gym I go to it's a really small independent gym um, yeah so it, it, it's it's a bit I don't know not quite spitting sawdust but it's it's quite, <laughs> like it's really small and they've not got you know they've not got the money to sort of do what the big sort of multinational gyms will do so I'm quite well and quite interested to see how they cope with it and and you know when yeah. they really want to be part of that right now well and so I keep I keep kind of doing the calculus in my head about it but you know, part of me, and again, this is not, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor clearly, but part of me is kind of like, I don't, I think the people who fool themselves into thinking that, oh, young people can't get it or if mm. they get, or I'm sorry, young people can get it, but they're probably, they're going to probably be fine. Well, they're probably going to be fine, but probably still leaves a lot of room yeah. for a decent percentage of people who die. Um, so, but having said that, there is a part of me that, that does sort of think, well, if I can boost my health, my immune health, my pulmonary health, my, you know, by, by working out, is that kind of helping, you know, in the overall ledger of, of, of calculation here? I, you know, this is what's, what's a struggle, you know? Um, and I'm just as likely, I guess, if I walk into a, a quick, you know, quick market or something with my, even with my mask on, you know, I could have some very innocuous interaction and get it. I mean, I, again, I think I just have to come to the conclusion that there is always going to be some risk, but you know, with the gym, I've done the thing where, and I have the luxury and the privilege of being able to do this because of the nature of my job, but I can, I try to go during off hours. So like not during lunchtime, not maybe, uh, right at like seven in the morning when a bunch of people are there. So I go either really early or I go like mid afternoon at some point. And maybe that's the, that's the idea is, you want to go, even though they're limiting capacity, you want to go like I've been a bunch. I've been several times lately where I am one of three people in the entire place. And like, that's my dream right there. That's ideal anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's ideal. Yeah. Honestly, it's if I can be on a plane with very few people, if I can be in a movie theater with very few people, those are not COVID specific things. That's just generally how I'd like to operate my life is uh, to, to like. And that's another thing I miss, by the way, is movies. You brought up zombie movies and I just I miss going to the movie theater like. 
Like my wife and I used to just, you know, Sunday afternoon, what are we going to do for lunch? Hey, let's just go to the movies and we'll eat popcorn for lunch and candy. And we'll, <laughs> we'll watch whatever movie we saw. What do you, do you, uh, do you get to the, did you get to the movies often before all this happened? Like with your kids and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd take the kids to see all the big Star Wars or Marvel films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then we we probably get there probably once a month, really. Yeah. Not massively, myth, sort of regulable. Yeah, and look, I we live in an age now where we can, everything's on demand and I get it, but there's still something about a movie theater that I really still enjoy, but... Yeah. Um, I'm, also, I'm also one of those people who, who will buy popcorn and drinks before I go in. So I'll go yeah. to market and take my own popcorn and drinks in because it's oh. five times cheaper. How do you sneak popcorn in? You don't have to. You can still just walk in with bags. You don't. Oh, here they're militant about that. Oh yeah, I, I'm. I'm in no doubt that's coming. I'm in no doubt that they will <laughs> put a stop to that. But while I can get away with taking my own popcorn and drinks, and I'm doing it because it's. See, I like I like the hot popcorn. Here you got the hot popcorn you get at the theater, and then there's this thing you can go up to to apply your own butter to it. Now, when I say butter, I, I'm saying butter very loosely because you push this button and this like warm yellow liquid comes out that's butter flavored <laughs> i don't know what it's actually made of but it's quite delicious and you know we we don't really over here like to think too much about what our quote food is made of yeah uh because that really ruins the fun but i, I do sort of miss that like i see candy in because uh, that's easy uh, but I'm fully expecting at some point for them to have like the airport security things where you put your hands up and they scan your whole body to make sure that you don't have, uh, you know, candy or <laughs> snacks or whatever. <laughs> that looks something off Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Totally. Willy Wonka is the dystopian nightmare of our future and people don't even realize it. I think um, so, yeah. That and zombie movies. Uh, I know we talked, uh, I've talked to, on Cake about at some point about a zombie movie I saw recently uh, called Train to Busan, which is like this uh, yes, South Korean film. I was on film. that Did you, Oh, yeah. I don't yes. know if you watched it yet. No. Badass. I, I will watch that tonight. No. I, okay. What? I made a note of it. I, I'm sorry to rail on this again, guys, but if you've not seen Train to Busan, you've, you're missing what may be. It's on Netflix here. I imagine it is over there too, but... Uh, it's just one of the most kick-ass like it's it's it transcends the quote zombie genre because yes it is about zombies but it's not and it's way more like uh it's it's just a great action film but also like uh it's got character development it's wonderful but um i love that one and it did make me think and of course this is the kind of tangent that kickabout's known for like what is the best so i'll eliminate train abuse on until you see it we can have a discussion then but do you have a favorite zombie movie or like I, you know, funnily enough, even though it's not a quote serious film, I still think Shaun of the Dead might be my favorite zombie film. Yeah. Uh, other than other than that one, because like 28 days later is so dark, dude. Yeah. Uh, I still can't 28 decide. weeks later is really dark. I still can't decide between them two, which I like best. I think they're my two favorites. I, it's a real toss up between them because they're both so different. Yeah. Um. The whole the whole story and the nature of the zombies is is, is completely different. So I think that yeah. favorites. I do like Zombieland as well. It's ridiculous. Oh, Zombieland's it's so good. fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good when you can take the zombie premise and and have a little bit of um a little bit of fun with it. Um, who's the guy in Twenty Eight Days Later? Who's the main guy? Um, it's Kelly and Murphy. Killian Murphy. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God, Killian Murphy is such the go to. Like, we need a really downtrodden dark 
uh, English actor here, but he also needs to be skinny, really skinny too, and really just on the edge of of losing his mind. And I feel like <laughs> Killian Murphy is the go to guy for every role uh, like that, and I think he's perfect for a zombie film like that. I feel like Twenty Eight Days Later. There's two things because I, mean, I like it. It's 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 scary and it's good, but it's also there's two things that I'm kind of, like. I feel like the end got re- a little convoluted with all the the weird like that place that he ends up and the yeah you know, like all that stuff going yeah the soldiers yeah but then two it's it's the question of you know it's sort of the coke or pepsi argument of do you like the fast zombies versus the slow zombies and i ah it's tough because i feel like there are challenges in both um but i I don't know, man. I feel like the the fast zombies, which you'll see in Trained Abuse on, I'll just ruin that for you now. The fast <laughs> zombies definitely are scary, scarier, at least in, in the immediate terms. But there is something about the kind of slow, painful death. I mean, for those of us who follow a certain blue half of mercy football team i think we understand the concept of like <laughs> what is it like to watch uh you know watch you just kind of slowly be overcome by uh, awfulness like that's like a you know that's we're used to that experience i i think that i think that the the slow like um what like the walking dead which you know was only good really for the first few seasons but the, the slow zombies were still dangerous because you would let your guard down in a way that you wouldn't with the fast zombies i don't know what you think about about which kind of zombie you prefer yeah and the slow ones really seem to come in numbers and that's, that's yeah they get yeah it's kind of like what i imagine liverpool's title parade to have been like in town and uh, <laughs> if they would have got one yeah, no, I think... Oh, too bad. It's yeah. a shame, isn't it? I think the fast zombies for me, they're just absolutely yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of a, a bit of a game changer that no one needed. Well, oh, somebody can run now. That's fine. Oh, jeez. And, and it does seem like, and I, I could be wrong, I mean, you're you're someone who goes jogging and, you know, you consider yourself a runner or whatever, but, like, most people don't run, and yet they become zombies, and they're all like Carl Lewis all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> They, they Usain think- Bolt. Let me let me use a sorry a less dated reference. I'm sorry, I'm very old and American. Uh, but they're like Usain Bolt all of a sudden. Uh, like that's it's just like why? How did they get so fast? Yeah, well, uh, it's like I, zombie super strength. I downloaded the running app called Zombie Run, which basically <laughs> um, it, it tells the story of like it's a zombie apocalypse and you've got to get to like certain camps and stuff. And then just halfway through a run, I go, yeah, the zombies coming to get you know. And I kept getting caught, so I had to ditch it. Yeah, but yeah, it did. It did speed me up a few times. Like it made me run uphill a few times when I normally wouldn't have done. So it was. It was. They have for a while, but then I got a bit bored of getting caught. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a weird, a weird exercise scenario there. Yeah. Like here, there are. There's a new thing that had started not too long ago. Of you know how they have those like fun runs or five Ks or half marathons or whatever. Yeah. They had they started doing some here where the, you uh, dress as as a zombie and run. So like you get these crazy photos and videos of people like you know these groups giant groups of people just in zombie garb running, uh, which was it's just I'm like man we've got way too much we used to have way too much time on our hands at least maybe we have more now but we just can't do as many uh, quirky bits. But well, uh, there's there's a thing over here as well where these sort of. Um, there's one just outside Liverpool where it's an old an old abandoned school and you basically do a zombie apocalypse scenario in there. So there's a group of you who get little like um, BB guns or something and then there's yeah. in there playing zombies and you'll just get chased around this thing, which I don't know if we've got the bottle to do it. 
Is it like paintball or is it be like, is, is there paintball guns or is it BB guns or? Yeah, little BB guns, I think. So they just fire like sort of foam pellets that you can shoot uh, okay. zombies with. Um, but yeah, but you, you get like, it sort of jump scares and everything. So you've got yeah. on this abandoned place, which is really dark. Done out all creepy. So nothing really works. The lights flicker and there's actors as zombies in there, which I don't think I've got the bottle for. Yeah, dude, you want to you want to know about a weird you want to know about a weird subculture of people speaking of that. My sister-in-law and her husband and really I guess they're, you know, one they have a teenage daughter, so it's my niece and then uh, an adult son who I think has also participated in this, but they are people who work at this is not their full-time job but they do this kind of on a seasonal basis but they are big into working at those haunted houses like where oh, yeah. people go in they pay the money and they get jump scares and like they go through these crazy setups and like they dress up and they do and dude there is a, I went to a convent I'm not even kidding I was in Colorado <laughs> like a year ago I guess and I went to this convention for people who do this because at the convention you could buy supplies and you could you know if you needed if you need like a blood guy there's a there's there's a dude who sells like fake blood in bulk or whatever like there's all (laughs) kinds of crazy shit at these things and i'm like talk about a weird subculture like that was a fascinating experience but no i have zero i I, i'm i'm out dude i i don't want to do I, I, there's enough scary shit out there that I don't want to like artificially do it outside of the comfort of watching a film. And even that can be kind of scary at times with jump cuts and those sorts of things. But having said that, what I will do, and this is my last thing request in terms of my next visit over, um, whether I don't care if it's on the world or wherever, but I want to go. I think I heard someone say that there is a little tour of haunted places you can go to in Liverpool. Oh yeah. Shiverpool. I think it's called. Okay, I'm in for that. Yeah, like I want to go. Yeah, like as long as I feel like these ghosts are relatively stationary, they're not gonna like attach themselves to me and board the plane with me and come. Like you know, I can't bring it back home with me. No, yeah. I don't think so. Um, I they're, they're generally cool. They're like especially ah, not now. Oh, oh. Yeah, like, they, don't want, they don't want to catch COVID and if you can't Trump's smuggle, president. And, if you yeah, can't I mean, smuggle biscuits in, you're not smuggling ghosts out. That's probably. Just, so, I feel yeah. like there's some science. There's some very definitive science that would back up that notion. But I, I definitely want to go to some of these like haunted places and do a little tours. I get. I, I'm not sure if I believe. Okay, and this will be the. This will be where we end, just because this, <laughs> this is weird enough to end on. But like, you know, it's a weird thing. Like my wife is. Um, she, you know, she is not religious at all. Um, you know, she would probably classify herself as an agnostic, which, you know, fine. I I grew up going to church and, and those sorts of things, but I'm, I'm probably now at the stage of life where I, when she would say agnostic, even, even that's very light. Like she's like, ah, there's, there's stuff out there, but I don't really know. But you know, she wouldn't, I don't think you should call it God. I probably think that there, like, there's a part of me that feels like not part, like I do believe in God. God, but I also know that God could be is not like a dude in the sky with a beard. It's like maybe God's more like the God's more like the Force in in the Star Wars movie or something. I don't know. I don't really have a really well formed theological thought, as you can tell on this. But when it, but my wife and I guess I'll admit me too. I'm not convinced that there aren't like haunt, real haunted pl- like there's some weird shit going on in certain places that is not 
true at other places if that makes sense like am i crazy am i do you see what i'm saying like yeah i know what you mean i can divorce myself from thinking that there's like you know all this other religious stuff out there but yet um it's that intangible when you walk into a place and you just feel nah right or when right. you run up the stairs and there's definitely something chasing you there's little intangible that make you think yeah, yeah i'm not sure about all this Dude, there's a, uh, I, I know I've told you guys this, I swear I've told this story before, or at least referenced it on here, but I'll say it one more time. But um, one of the most famous places in Oklahoma uh, of haunted places is this old hotel in downtown. It's this beautiful historic hotel now uh, that, that has been renovated over the years, but uh, it's called the Skirvin Hotel. Uh, but it, the, 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 le- the stories are is that there have been all these incidents there that have been reported over time. Um, and people, a lot of people claim it's haunted. Okay. Now, I get it. You, you hear the word haunted, you roll your eyes and like, okay, whatever. But uh, you can Google, if you Google Skirvin and NBA. So remember, uh, Oklahoma City is an NBA city, right? So we have the Thunder here. So when the when the teams from out of town come, they stay in one of the bigger hotels downtown. And the Skirvin for many of the teams is that hotel. And it's a it's, it's owned by the Hilton, right? So it's like a bit, you know, it's a big proper hotel. Um, but it's S K I R V I N Skirvin Hotel NBA. So a few years ago, um, there was an incident when the New York Knicks stayed here, and it made it made ESPN. Like you can find it on ESPN <laughs> site, I think somewhere too. If you do a search, but um, of, of two or three of the players there reported uh, these incidents while they were there and said they would no longer stay there under any circumstances whatsoever. And what was interesting is they reported that the stories they told were the same stories that have been going around here for years. That there, there, there seemed to be kind of three uh, general kind of happenings that seem to be the recurring things here. One is people reporting that uh, bathtubs suddenly will start filling up for no reason at all. That part freaks me out. Well, yeah. The other, the other one is um, people who are staying on the higher floors reporting that they can, in the middle of the night, hear, uh, like, they, they'll be on the top floor, and above, they'll be on the, the, the highest floor with rooms. The, the, top, the floor above that is just this big, empty uh, uh, floor where there are ballrooms and all this other stuff. But people will report hearing this cart being pushed around in the middle of the night. And, of course, the, the reason that it's weird is because there are no people up there in the middle of the night because it's shut down. And then the other one, of course, and this is the one that always freaks me out, is the people who will report walking around, you know, in parts of the hotel and hearing a baby cry and they cannot find the baby. Like, because there's the, the legend is that there was a woman who was uh, who had had an affair with the old hotel owner who had, uh, you know, gotten so distraught over the whole situation that she and the baby, she jumped out of the window and killed herself uh, back in the 20s or something like that. Anyway. I eat this shit up, as you can tell. It's really interesting. But some of the NBA players reporting that they were experiencing some of these weird phenomenons there, and they won't stay there. It lends credence to because they're not from here. They've never heard of these things before, and they're so petrified of staying there anymore that they won't. (laughs) But I'm telling you, like that's what I want to do when I get to Liverpool. I've not had an international haunted house experience of any kind uh, or haunted place of you know any kind. So I definitely want to give that. When when we get over there, we need to go for breakfast at the Scaven. 
Oh, well, breakfast is delightful over there from what I've heard. And uh, then we can be like, hey, will you guys let us go up to the top floor and, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, that would be that would be fine. That would be a lot of fun. Okay. Wow. We've managed to do an hour and 15 minutes and only mentioned the E word one time, which I think is pretty great. And it was all my fault, too. You did a great job today, Les. You really stepped up your game. And I appreciate that. Um, guys, this has been Kickabout. This has been the most kickabouty kickabout of all kickabouts, probably, and I enjoyed every minute of you uh, of this with you, Les. When we get off of uh, this recording, we're going to have to quickly kind of scroll down at least a few of the topics because Matt will say, "All right, uh, what what did you guys talk about oh, yeah. today?" And I mean, it's all over the place. I, I don't even know where to begin. But uh, if you have made it to the end of this and you haven't already just completely skipped over this episode, uh, I salute you and want you to know that you are you are the the real MVP. You are the real hero uh, for those of you who have made it this far. Uh, but I thought we, we talked about a lot of really important, critical, world-changing issues today, Les. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we are going to, of course, have tons more content. We've got a... Apparently there's a game tomorrow. I, I've even I've like right at this moment I've kind of blanked on who we're playing, and I don't even care. You don't even have to tell me. Uh, we've got a game tomorrow, um, and so we'll have post match. Who are we playing? Just go ahead and tell me. Villa. Who are we playing? Oh yeah, Villa. it's the, mo- it's the, it's the most played fixture in English football. Yeah, I know. You know, just, it doesn't I'm, make it any better. Trying, but, you know. I'm just trying to manufacture any opinion about it whatsoever. I oh, it's going to be okay. We'll get beat. There you go. Yeah, it's fine. There's a spoiler what's the score. We'll get beat. Yeah, because if you can tell me who's starting in midfield, I can tell you exactly how much we're going to lose <laughs> by in all likelihood. Um, so we got that. And, of course, we'll have mailbag this weekend. We will have uh, probably another 11s coming up. We'll have uh, the weekly subs. I mean, there's just so much. It's, as, as I like to say, guys, content is king. And uh, we are we at the Blue Room are the kings of content. So um, for Les Roberts and the great Les, Les Roberts and um, your host here, Rob Vera, we will see you guys again next week. Take care. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.